Welcome back to Best Life of Your Life, the Be Loyal podcast with Aaron Keith-Hawkins, where each episode brings you positive, useful and empowering perspective to help you create the best life of your life. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Now here's your host, Aaron Keith-Hawkins. Welcome back to the Be Loyal podcast, you guys. You know I love every time I get a chance to talk to you guys, so thank you so much for being here. Oh, real quick, I want to let you know that I have a free downloadable gift to give you today. You can get it on my website if you're not there already at AaronKeithHawkins.com. Uh, just click, make sure you click on the podcast tab, go to episode 15, and in the written article, you'll see a bl- big uh, blue banner that links to it. Um, I'll mention it again at the end of the episode and explain exactly what it is, but I wanted to mention it real quick, just in case you had to step away for some reason before the show was over. I didn't want you to miss out. All right. I want to jump right into today's episode, which is about the top five self-help myths that I've found are, are blocking a lot of people's happiness, blocking the path to what could be their best life, a constantly fulfilling and improving life. And not only what those myths are, but but how to fix them, how to just get over it once and for all, and really start creating a life that you actually enjoy on a regular basis not just enjoy every once in a while but how to enjoy it regularly and enjoy the journey of of everything because life isn't about just 100% bliss and happiness all the time we know that you know that I know that that's just not it's not the way we were rigged it's it's not even what to be honest it's not even what I would want I mean can you imagine honestly just being completely blissed out full-blown smile ear to ear 100% of the time, period. Never anything sad, never anything frustrating. I mean, I know it may sound nice in theory, but that would just get so boring. I mean, life is about the ride. It's about the ups and downs and the struggles and the triumph and the happiness and the sadness and the camaraderie and support and encouragement. We're here to experience emotion. But we're not here to be a slave to our emotion. And that conflict, that natural conflict that that arises between the argument that life isn't supposed to be happy all the time and the other argument that life can be better is where this concept of self-help and personal development and all this stuff seems to be sometimes kind of stuck in the middle. Because some a lot of times it's it 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 can be hard to figure it out. Like, what is the point of this whole self-help thing? Because let's face it, self-help and personal development sometimes gets a bad rap. It just gets this cheesy fakeness attached to it, which I think is really unfortunate because if we take an objective approach like we're going to today at looking at some of the myths that surround self-help and break it down for ourselves, forget what everybody else thinks, but for you, If we take a look at this objectively, we're going to see what these myths are and we're going to be able to resolve them and actually use self-help or personal development, whatever cool name you want to put it. I like to call it objective optimism (laughs) and we'll be able to create a life that will actually enjoy consistently because we're creating it, because we're taking control of it and designing it for the best of ourselves and for the betterment of the people that are around us. So let's jump right in. Number one, the number one myth I believe is that friends and family will think 
were weird. I get it. Nobody wants to seem like that goofball that's sprinkling glitter and happiness everywhere all the time and acting like nothing ever goes wrong. Because let's face it, sometimes things do go wrong. But the resolution to this whole concern about being weird is this. We have to remember one overwhelmingly important thing beyond what anybody thinks about how weird you are or aren't. We have to remember that loving you is loving them. In addition to that, please just don't be weird. So, but honestly, let's think about this. All of us want the important things in our life to be safe and secure, which means we don't want to do some crazy stuff that'll push our friends and family away, whatever it is. We don't want to lose them, and we don't want them, meaning our friends and family, to feel like that they're losing us. I mean, they love you, and you love them. So, But naturally, when we start doing things that people don't expect from us, even if it's good stuff, people are going to take notice. But let's take a step back for a second, and just let's keep this simple. The reality is, improving your habits improving your relationships, improving your finances, your health, and anything else in your life is obviously a good thing. Would you agree? Obviously, I mean, I think that's an easy one. Improving things for yourself is a good thing. And all of us are a work in progress, or at least we should be a work in progress, because let's be honest, not all of us are even trying to improve. There's a lot of people out there that are just stagnant. But we have to remember that improving ourselves is loving ourselves. And more to my point, improving ourselves is one of the greatest ways to love the people around you. And why is that? Because we affect the people in our life. And we're either we're doing one of two things. We're either helping them improve by giving them a, a, a good example to follow, or we're encouraging them to settle for less by our example. So if we love them, if we love these people around us that we're concerned about, of course we want to see them living a life that's amazing and fulfilling and happy as much as possible. Okay, that's all fine and dandy, right? But what about the point about you don't want people to think you're weird? Well, let's remember this. We have to remember that improving ourselves is not about deciding who else does or doesn't need similar improvement. We need to be a good example by improving our journey, but not judging other people's. Because pointing fingers and force-feeding unsolicited self-help-ism can quickly make things, yeah, weird. So don't do that. Don't self-help thump your people. I mean, we can and we should share the things that we learn that are useful, but we need to make sure we're doing so when the time is appropriate. Like when our opinion or our advice is requested or asked for or just comes up in casual conversation. Don't force feed anything down anybody's throat. People don't like that, whether it's about self-help or religion or politics or anything else. Nobody likes an opinion stuffed in their face. Am I right? I mean, I didn't go out and grab any of you all and twist your arm and force you to hit this podcast episode. That would not be cool. But if you're here... It's because you want to be here and you want to listen and you want to share. And that's the same thing that other people want from us. People love having good things shared with them, but a lot of times there needs to be some tact involved. 
so here's the deal. Is everybody going to like the changes they see in us when we're focused on improving things in our life? Unfortunately, of course not. Not everybody likes change. Even if change is needed, not everybody likes to see things get different because, and we have to remember, we have to let that be okay. We have to let people figure out their own journey. We have to be respectful of everybody's perspective, even when we don't agree. Because if they don't like the changes, the improvements that they see in your life, it does not mean that they don't legitimately love you or care about you. The fact is, they probably just don't want to feel like they're losing you. Or it could be that the change in your life might be highlighting something painful that's going on in their life. So the best thing we can do is be a consistent and positive and loving example. Because again, it's not only in your best interest to continue creating an amazing life for yourself, but it's also valuable for everybody you know and love. Because again, one of the greatest acts of love we can perform is to take better care of ourselves. And yeah, you can go ahead and tweet that if you want. All right, so the number two self-help myth is that personal development is just so unrealistic. And this is a pretty easy one to solve. The resolution to this is that we just need to get real about what unrealistic really is. I'll give you an example. A really common self-help experience, especially early on, is when a thought jumps into your head that, oh my gosh, what's happening? Because one minute you're feeling awesome, either reading or watching or listening to some life-inspiring perspective, and all of a sudden, bam, the next minute you just feel like you're kidding yourself. I mean, like, the thoughts you're having are just so unrealistic. And this is when we just need to breathe and remain calm, because... This is just a result of years of repeated exposure to, quote, be average thinking. I mean, the thoughts like, who am I kidding? And I need to get back to reality. Or this personal stuff, this personal growth stuff is just so unrealistic. Unfortunately, these are common thoughts that just result from the nonsense we're taught about reality. I mean, I've literally had people tell me that we're supposed to experience mediocre success happiness, fulfillment, and expecting anything more than that is just unrealistic. I mean, how sad is that? Look, we all know that life isn't perfect, but aiming for average is just so much worse. So we need to get real about what it actually means to be unrealistic. And this is what unrealistic really is. Unrealistic is knowing who we want to be, but pretending we don't. Unrealistic is knowing what we want to be doing with our life, but instead we waste it by doing what we think will get approval from other people. Being unrealistic is pretending that we shouldn't improve ourselves because we'll just seem different or weird like we talked about in number one. But here's a newsflash, people. You are different. I'm different. All of us are wonderfully unique people. We're unique individuals. We all have our own set of gifts and talents and perspectives. And we're supposed to be sharing them, not hiding them. I mean, come on. One of the most unrealistic beliefs is that success is granted by some stroke of luck or that the most fulfilled and successful and happiest lives are a result of some preordained blessing or financial inheritance or some cosmic chance. But no, 
What's unrealistic is a decision to ignore our goals and neuter our potential so we can continue imitating instead of inspiring each other. These limits are what's unrealistic. And I know I'm sounding a little over the top here, but I'm just passionate about this because of my own personal experience. If you listen to my first episode, you know what I went through and what kind of led me here. Trust me. You don't want to be lying on the ground watching the curtain of your life closing on you and realizing the only thing you got really, really good at was fitting in. Because fitting in is not an accomplishment. So let's redefine unrealistic. Or more importantly, let's redefine real. Look, let's just be honest. Developing yourself on a personal basis And being honest about what you really want to experience in life and having the guts to go make it happen, that's being real. And that's all you need to remember. And that's all you need to worry about. So if you've made the commitment to improving yourself and it starts feeling a little bit different, well, it's because it is different. Because because the act of improving means you're going to reach some level that you haven't been to before. You're going to think thoughts that you hadn't thought of before. And they're going to be different. And they're going to be great. So embrace when it happens. Embrace when things feel a little bit different. Embrace it when things feel a little unrealistic. Because that means your perspective is changing. It means your reality is changing. And most important, it means you're probably taking better care of yourself. And as we just talked about, that means you're probably taking better care of the people around you. So don't worry about being unrealistic. Just redefine it. All right, let's jump into number three. I love this one. (laughs) Number three is that the number three myth is that no matter what, nothing changes. Don't you just love that one? It's just so convenient to just quit on even trying to improve things because we cling to this thought that nothing's going to change. So let's resolve this one. First of all, we have to remember this. A bottle of medicine has never healed anyone. And what do I mean by that? Here we go. I'll admit it. Studying personal development and learning about why we do the things we do and how to change things to make our lives better can be really fun. And it can be interesting. It could even be addicting. So it's understandable that if we consume lots of great information but we don't see immediate results right away, we can kind of be left scratching our heads thinking, you know, what's up with that? So here's two big things to remember. Okay, first, the good news. The good news is that many changes do happen instantly. I mean, things like our perspective, our mood, our happiness, the stuff that we're feeling on a moment-to-moment basis, they can go from pretty bad to really great. Just by embracing some new perspective or implementing implementing a, a, a new mental strategy. I mean, heck, listening to this episode, hopefully these five myths and how to combat them will instantly make some change for you. But there are things in life that take some time. But the idea that nothing changes is just a flat-out lie. I mean, that's just wrong. Things can change instantly. I mean, if you just get out of your chair, stick your arms straight up in the air and start screaming, yes, 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 you're probably going to break out laughing. So if you are in a bad mood and you want to get into a better mood and start laughing, just do something nuts. 
and things will change. And I think a lot of times when people have that perspective or claim they have that perspective that nothing changes, what they really mean is that they're afraid things won't get better. That's an element of fear. That's not an element of, of fact. When you're worried that nothing will change, when you claim nothing's going to change, it's just fear. It's just, it just means that you're afraid things won't get better. And that's okay. As long as we recognize it, that we're scared, it's okay to be scared. Heck, I get nervous about things a lot. I want certain things to happen in, in, in my life, and my business. I want things to get better. And sure, are there times when you get a little anxious and, and you wonder what's going to happen? Yeah, that's natural. We all wonder what's going to happen next. But wondering what's going to happen is so secondary to making things happen. And there's a big difference. And when you decide that your default is going to be set at making things happen as opposed to worrying about what will happen, oh, that's when everything changes. So let me get back to my point. My first point is that there are a lot of changes that can happen instantly. We can learn how to change our mood instantly. We can we can learn new perspectives and embrace them instantly. And then there's other things like our relationships, our finances, our careers. They sometimes do require a commitment to a journey of some certain length for them to change or get better. Sometimes a relationship that has kind of been on the rocks, it may take a couple days to get better, a couple weeks to get better. Committing to a journey of your choice is a good thing because here's the thing, you don't have to commit to a journey. We're all on a journey anyway. So, you know, for those of you out there that might be thinking, well, I don't feel like committing to a journey. You're, you're committed anyway, but that choice is out of our hands. We're on a journey. The question is, will you decide what the journey is gonna be or are you just going to kind of let your ship float out there and just wind up wherever it winds up based on kind of doing what everybody else is doing? That's the difference. Is your, is your journey going to be one of choice? Or is your journey going to be one of just settling for things being whatever everybody else decides they're going to be for you? That's the choice. And here's the other thing, the other big thing about this idea that things don't change. We have to remember that the consumption of information is not what creates change. As I said in the beginning of this topic, the, the medicine bottle never healed anybody. Meaning information doesn't change anything. It's the application of information that makes all the difference. It's, it's to put it simply, it's about whether or not you're willing to take action with the information that you have. As, as Michael Hyatt said, who I admire a lot, he said, the medicine isn't doing anyone any good in the bottle. And that's just so true. We have to prioritize implementation over consumption. Now, both are important. You have to get new, you have to learn something new in order to be able to apply it. But look, we're better off learning just one thing a day and applying it than learning a hundred things in a day and doing nothing with any of it. I mean, think about it. If you listen to this episode and don't change any thoughts afterwards and don't do anything different with your life afterwards, then nothing will change. But if you start actually applying and you start altering your perspective and thinking about things a little bit differently, then things and your actions will change. 
And the biggest way to accomplish this is that when you learn something, you identify it as part of you. And you do that by asking the, a better question. I mean, it, we all know in life, a lot of times, the way to improving your circumstances is to start asking better questions. So when we learn something new, it's a pretty good idea to start asking yourself, why is this important to me? Like, how can I actually apply this in my life? And why, is it, why do I feel like this is important to my circumstances and my journey? Because we, when we do that, we can, start, we can start visualizing certain circumstances where something's going to be relevant. And we're so much more likely to get great results if we take the time to do like some mental trial runs about things, how, about how things are actually going to affect our lives. And if we make that a habit every time we learn something new, that's when we start getting better results. Life is the ultimate art. I mean, we have to create it. So next time you're worried about that old myth about nothing changes, just remember, that's just a little bit of worry that things won't change, but things change all the time, especially when we decide we're going to keep making decisions one at a time to make things better. All right, myth number four, and this one hits home for a lot of us. And this myth is that not everyone deserves, quote unquote, a better life. In other words, do I deserve this? It's such a common question that a lot of people have unconsciously for a lot of different reasons. Maybe we did something that we regret or we didn't do something that we think we should have. Or we come from an area or a situation or a family that we don't think is worthy of a great life. So here's the thing. The question, do I deserve it, just isn't very useful. I mean, we just said a few minutes ago that a lot of times in life, making a better life just results from asking better questions. So how do we make our way to a better question then? Do I deserve a better life? Let's start with taking a few words from the old philosopher Aristotle when he said, we do not have knowledge of a thing until we have grasped its why. And that is to, that, and that is to say its explanation. I know, do is kind of deep, right? So in other words, the question of worthiness is trumped by questions of purpose and capability. So instead of asking, do I deserve this? What if we ask, what am I capable of achieving? And why do we have the capacity for learning and for thought and for empathy and for love and for progress? Why do we have the capacity for that? And regardless of what we've done in the past, what can we do next? Okay, so if you're scratch, sitting there scratching your head saying, what the heck are you talking about? Let's look at it this way. We don't ask how well a piano deserves to be played, do we? And we don't ask how bright the sun deserves to shine or how high a plane deserves to fly. And those things don't even have a soul or capacity to love as far as we know. But we commonly expect that things should be used for their greatest purpose, to the best of their capability. We expect that a piano should sound beautifully when it's played. We expect that the sun should shine. That's what it's for. We expect a plane to fly at 30,000 feet because they're capable of it. So why wouldn't we expect the same of ourselves? We've been granted the capability to love, to learn, to inspire, to succeed, to empathize, 
to be grateful. We've all done those things. We know we're capable of it. And the point Aristotle was making was, what are you and I capable of? And whatever those things are, we should accomplish them because we're capable of it. It's that simple. We can do these things. So do them. So our success and our growth and, and, and the development of our fulfillment and our happiness and our gratitude, we don't just deserve these things. They're the reason we were made. We have these capacities, and if we deny them for any reason, especially something as petty as, do I deserve it? It's just, it's just not rational. Every single one of us, you, me, and everybody listening along with you, we've all done something that was wrong. We've also failed to do something that would have been good that we just, we just didn't do. And the one consistency about all of it is that's in the past. It, it, it just doesn't matter anymore. The only thing that matters is what we're going to decide to do next from here on out to reach as close as we can to our capacity, to our capability. I have a video program called The Seven Day Surge, and I talk in there about who we should be comparing ourselves to. And you'll understand what I mean if you sign up for that program. It's free. You can get it uh, at sevendaysurge.com. Um, but in there, I, I, I talk about this, this one individual that we should compare ourselves to to constantly be reaching towards our greatest capabilities. We'll never reach our full potential. A lot of people say that all the time. Oh, you have, you know, you have so much potential, you should achieve it. We'll never reach our full capacity. But if we're constantly reaching for it, if we're constantly making a commitment to improve daily, to be better people, to be a better husband, a better wife, a better girlfriend, a better boyfriend, a better son or daughter, if it's our intention to be improving and to be more loving and more caring, more focused on what we actually want to create, then it won't matter anymore what we deserve. All that will matter is the next thing that we're capable of achieving. And that's when life gets amazing. All right, let's jump into number five. This is a really common one, and this is one that freaks a lot of people out. <laughs> it's the idea that it's this myth that we have to have a vision for our life. But for a lot of people, when they don't have a clear vision or, or an exact plan or goal that they're, that they're aiming for yet, it can kind of cause them to freak out and just do nothing instead. But here's the thing, and here's the resolution for that. When your intentions are in the right place, when your intentions are to, well, when your intentions are based out of love for yourself and love for the people around you, when you have those pure intentions, all you have to do is trust the horizon, my friend. If we don't have a vision for our life, it is not time to freak out. It's just time to start exploring. I mean, look, I, do I believe that we all should have a goal that we're working towards Sure, at least for this season of our life. But if we have absolutely no idea what that goal is, then all we have to do is remember that the only way to make a discovery is to start exploring. And the starting point is by defining who you want to be as a person. Instead of trying to, you know, most of us spend, I should say it's common for people to spend a whole lot of time deciding what they want to be doing but not spending enough time deciding who they want to be as a person. See, we got to start by challenging ourselves to be, to be honest and loving about who we want to be, because that is so much more important than what we're doing. <laughs> so the next question might be, well, 
I don't know who the heck I want to be. Well, fine. Let's start with defining who you don't want to be. I mean, if you don't want to be a mean person, then you want to be somebody who's kind. If you don't want to feel or be bored as a person, then you want to be excited. You don't want to be greedy, then you want to be generous. If you don't want to feel depressed, then you want to be grateful. Start finding the adjectives to define you as a person, kind and excited and generous and grateful and loving and empathetic and curious and confident. Decide on those qualities and then you can start exploring things that you can do in your life that will expand and generate more of those feelings that you want to have. Because very often a destination, a goal is beyond what you can currently see. But we have to trust that as long as we're being who we've decided to be, we'll find some clarity just over the horizon if we're willing to keep exploring. Trust me, I've had a lot of different ideas about what I want to be doing in my life before I settled on something that clicked, something that I was completely confident about. And that's okay. It was part of my journey was was figuring out exactly what I wanted to be doing. We all have seasons in our life. And sometimes those seasons involve searching. And as long as we're searching and being the person that we want to be, the clarity will come. I promise you, just be loyal to yourself and you'll figure it out. So those are my top five myths about self-help. You know, number one was friends and family will think I'm weird. And the resolution is remember that loving you is loving them. Number two was that personal development is just so unrealistic, but the resolution was just redefining what unrealistic really is. Number three was the myth that nothing ever changes. But our resolution for that one was to remember that a medicine bottle never healed anyone. It's not the information that makes the changes in your life. It's the application of that information. And remembering that some changes will happen instantly and some changes are a journey. And we've got to embrace it and enjoy it and make it our own. Number four was the myth that not everyone deserves a better life. But we resolved that one by remembering some words from Aristotle that remind us that it's not about what we're deserving of, it's about what we're capable of. And the big myth number five was that this idea that we have to have a vision for our life for things to get better. But the resolution for that was simply to to keep our intentions in the right place and trust the horizon. We have to be willing to explore and be more worried about who we're being as opposed to over-obsessing about what we should be doing. I know today's episode was kind of a little bit longer than usual, especially for, for me being on without a guest, but these five myths have been weighing on my head for so long, and I just, I had to get them out. I had to, to just give them to you. I really, really hope that you find them useful. I hope you listen to this episode more than once, and more than anything, if it made sense to you, I sincerely ask of you, I beg of you to share this with somebody that you think can really get some value out of hearing this and can really have their life affected in a positive way by hearing what we talked about today. I promise you always have my support. As always, you can reach out to me at AaronKeithHawkins.com. Let me know how you're doing and please let me know how this guide helped you. Oh, by the way, when you go to AaronKeithHawkins.com and look at episode 15, which is today's episodes, you'll find a free one-page simple 
cheat sheet in there about some simple steps you can take to start living the best life of your life. Trust me, if you take a look and you read what's on there, you'll see that, wow, yeah, this might make a difference for you. So please look for that guide in the download for this episode. And as always, please be loyal to yourself, be loyal to each other, and always, always be creating the best life of your life. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I can't wait to talk to you guys soon and stay awesome.